I had a lot of learning to do. And then I just kept on hammering away at it for years. Um, like I'd say it was really 10 years until I was really getting good publishing contracts. Welcome to Unleashing Your Great Work, a podcast about doing the work that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Kroll, a cognitive psychologist, coach, author of the book, Great Work, and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Every week on this podcast, we're here asking the big questions. What is your great work? How do you find it? And why does it matter whether we do it? What does it actually take to do more of your great work without sacrificing everything else? And how does the world change when more people are doing more of the work that matters the most to them? Stay tuned for answers to these questions and so much more. Welcome, everybody, to Unleashing Your Great Work. Today, I'm super excited because we have Matt Haggerty on the show. He is a comic book writer and an all-around chipper dude who lives in Boise, Idaho. Matt's dyslexic and struggled a bunch in school, but now he writes rad graphic novels like Lumberjackula, Martian Ghost Centaur, and Unplugged and Unpopular. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Matt. Thanks for having me. Good job with the intro. Some of those titles are a mouthful. <laughs> well, I've been saying them a lot because I, of course, ordered all of them and my son won't stop reading them. <laughs> I think his yeah, favorite awesome. is Lumberjackula. Mine too. I mean, I, th I love all my books, but that's the one that I'm feeling like the most excited about recently. Well, that makes sense because it's your most recent book. When yeah. did it come out? It came out in June. I have to think about that. And, you know, it's it's always the one that is the most recent is the one that I'm always most excited about. Um, not that I look back on work as anything less than, but as time goes goes on and as you're working on the newest thing, it's always the most exciting. But I feel something different with Lumber Jacula uh, than I did with some of my other work, where it's it's still the thing I'm most excited about as I'm working mm. on stuff. As you know, with graphic novels, I mean, I wrote it two years ago. Wow. Um, more than actually so to still feel as excited about something that long ago me I think makes it special for me it well it's a special book so tell us if you don't mind because maybe others are not on the cutting edge of graphic novels and haven't yet read Lumberjackula can you give us a quick synopsis of it because I want to ask you what's so special about it but I think we probably need to know a little bit about the story before you can answer that Sure. Um, so Lumberjackula is about a kid, Jack, who is half lumberjack, half vampire. His, his mom mm -hmm. is a lumberjack. His dad is a vampire. Mm -hmm. And in his world, when you get to middle school, you have to decide a path. You have to go, go to one school or another. He's deciding between his parents' schools and he figures with whichever one he goes to, he feels like he will let them down. Despite the fact that he's in a very supportive, loving family, he still feels this pressure. Mm -hmm. It becomes even more complicated later on when he realizes he doesn't want to go to either school. He wants to go to a dance school instead, mm -hmm. um, which isn't spooky like a vampire. It isn't tough like a lumberjack. So he worries he'll be disappointing his entire family if he chooses this new route and won't feel that closeness. So it's really just about Jack battling himself and getting the strength to tell his parents, this is what I want to do. And uh, spoiler, it's very encouraging. And at the end, <laughs> they support <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of the uh dance school it's one of my favorite names ever uh, tip tap twinkle toes academy 
<laughs> mouthful. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. So what is it about the story that feels so special to you? Why do you think it's still resonating two years later? One, I, I, I love the messages in it in general, just like I, you know, you, you never lead with a message in a story. That's not how I started. I started with the idea of a lumberjack vampire. That's funny. Um, <laughs> from there, but I like what it ended up saying that I was able to say it uh, properly. And just, I feel like I finally hit the tone that I really want to be hitting with stories of these light comedies that have, have something else to them. So mm -hmm. I think what, why it's special is I feel like, like I don't look back at it and think, oh, I would have changed that. Or uh, some of my previous work, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. there's here or there where I'm like, oh, I would do that differently now. And I don't think I would do anything different with this book now, I feel. Oh, uh, I love it. So it's about your experience of doing the work. You feel like you've sort of hit your stride. You've gotten to a level of artistry that you're happy with. I mean, obviously it will continue to grow. Does that sound about right? For sure. And yeah, absolutely continue to grow. I mean, that's the, the hopes is to always be like stretching, pushing, getting better. But I feel like more proud of this than I do of previous things that I look back on and think, oh, I, I can't believe I didn't really realize that about story or I dropped that mm. art. Nothing, nothing giant, but yeah. it's true. I feel like this is my true voice. I also feel like part of that was having this, the confidence by the time I got there to actually work with editors and not just say yes to everything. Ah. And I mean, I have wonderful editors uh, mm -hmm. all along the way, but like no, having strength in myself to, to be able to guide the story more than what I would have done earlier on in my career. Yeah, having that, the courage of your conviction. What do you think has changed? that makes it possible for you to sort of hold that line or redirect that feedback that wasn't there before? Doing it a little while certainly helps having other books and not having it be my first book. And I, I might not ever get another one. I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel mm -hmm. that like that this is going to disappear tomorrow thing um, that I used to feel. And also I think probably just being a parent, I grew up mm -hmm. so much by having taken care of my kids and I just stopped caring as much <laughs> about what people think because <laughs> it's like, oh, I know what's important. It's this and this, you know, so, mm -hmm. the perspective. Yeah. My perspective switched. I think I just grew up. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> Let me ask you, what is your great work, Matt? How would you actually umbrella what it is you're hoping to do with this work, with your life, like through this work? Sure. Um. So I think my, my, like if I had a mission statement as an yeah. author, it's to make funny, lighthearted stories about acceptance widely. Wow. Um, it's a very, very broad, broad topic, but just about um, acceptance of people's neurodiversity, acceptance of diversity in general, and just acceptance of self. Mm -hmm. I mean, every story that I have is really about like, be yourself, be yourself, bang the drum as I possibly can. I think that, that yeah that's that's I hope that my great work is to continue to do that as much as possible I think part of my new mission is getting out into classrooms as much as possible and visiting with kids to kind of just share this this message so mm -hmm. cool. yeah. and why is that the message that that pours out of you when you sit down to write these novels you know, I think part of it is uh, growing up, I'm, I'm dyslexic and I struggled like a ton in school. I was definitely like mm. super low self-confidence, was a bad student and just like, just didn't think too highly of myself until I started creating things. I started um, a band and then all of a sudden I was like being seen as a peer by these kids who, 
you know, they were they were honor students. They were like the smart kids. And they're, and they're looking to me being like, oh, wow, you really know this creative stuff. And I started to just build so much off of that, that I had I was always going to make things, but it really became my my identity, my my thing, yeah. my my life once I realized like, oh, this is like, this is, this is my thing. This is my, my space. Mm-hmm. So you said you like to write books that are about acceptance. And would you say that that was the moment where you accepted an important part about yourself and you're trying to reflect back that experience to encourage that in others? For sure. For sure. Uh, I think, I think just basically always, always being yourself is such, such an important thing. Not, not being afraid of who you are. And yeah, acceptance, I think just a broadly like I want that for everyone, as I've seen what's happened the last, the last, um, yeah. however many years I see some, some scary stuff all around, um, yeah. being less willing to accept everyone. And I want, uh, so much for kids to, to continue to see awesome, have an awesome outlook on the world. So that's my hopes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I love that so much. And I wonder like what it's been like for you, you know, you said it was in high school that you started a band. Um, it's actually middle school. I started young. Um, like, oh, really? Yeah. What do you play? Or do you play the drums or like the guitar? Or... I play guitar. Um, when I was younger, I was like playing bass and I always sang, uh, always sang bands and it was always punk bands. Punk bands. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then what was your path from middle school creative to working writer? Sure. So uh, a long, a long one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was always like comics were always in the background when I was making, um, in a band, I would like make zines and always have like my comics as part of my life. I drew a lot more back then. Mm. And I started like taking it really seriously, maybe when I was like 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And I started being like, oh, I really want to write comics. I'm going to step away from the band thing. It's not, I'm not that good at it. I like it, but I'm not very good at it. (laughs) So So you were trying to do professionally, you were trying to professionally do music. Kind of, I think, mm. like not even enough foresight to know what I wanted, but putting a lot of effort into it uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and and a lot of shows played and then just kind of realizing it's not, it's not doing it. It's not, it wasn't what I wanted. Mm. So then I started, you know, taking writing seriously, specifically writing comics and, you know, it's, it was a long, it was a long haul. I did, I did an early Kickstarter, like maybe one of the first Kickstarters for comics and I got that really? funded. By, yeah, my brother told me about Kickstarter when it was just just starting. Amazing. It, the novelty of being a comic on there when there was maybe like, you know, maybe five or six comics on there. Yeah. And actually having a like very good art. I, I found a great artist. We got funded right away without me having any fan base, any readership or mm. So that was really cool to... <laughs> cool to jumpstart it but I wasn't ready for that and I tried to make like a big big story that I really should have made smaller mm. and it wasn't really publishable it was like I was able to get it off of the no- novelty but I had a lot of learning to do and mm. then I just kept on hammering away at it for years um like I'd say it was really 10 years until I was really getting good publishing contracts and during that time I'm bartending and then writing whenever I can fit in time and I did that for a while submit get told no and Mm -hmm. continuously there's that's one thing that I'm sure 
most people who have approached publishing in any way know there are so many no's, mm -hmm. but I just don't know what else to do. So I just keep on going. <laughs> it's, it's like what I need to do. So I'm just going to keep on doing it. Hmm. And I tend to rebound kind of fast from the no's and be like, eh, so it goes and then go <laughs> back to it. And I think that's why I'm, I'm at it. I think everyone who's at it and doing it for a job has done it because they just kept on going amongst mm -hmm. many no's. Mm -hmm. um, what is it that you think helps you bounce back so much? I do think that that is the, that's a lot of the fear people have about a creative life is that it's going to be full of many more no's than yeses. And how, you know, I, when I talk to people about it, you know, the questions are like, what if I never hear a yes? What if I waste all of my life and time on this? And how did you, how were you able to stay sort of in action with those fears? They must have haunted you too. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, you've got to check out the Great Work Community. The Great Work Community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together. Come on over for a co-working, accountability, coaching, and just-in-time courses. Check out the Great Work Community. The link is in the show notes. Yeah, I think... There's a couple things like one is always I always at every point am like weighing it like how much time can I actually put into this because yes you might always get no's mm. like you you have to get some yeses to continue going you have to look at reality still yeah um, there's a if there's a goal of mine but I just uh, at each time I'm looking at it looking at it with my wife too because it's always very important to like if you're doing something like this and devoting this much time to discuss it with the people who it actually affects very much. So, uh -huh. um, so we're like, okay, I'm like, like, this is happening. This is happening. Okay. You, we can allot this time for this because these responses are getting back. Um, and that's more, much more so now that I have uh, kids not, you know, when you're single, it's a little different, mm -hmm. but anyways, how I bounce back quick is one, I think I'm just lucky in that I, I tend to be a pretty happy person. Mm -hmm. I think just like a, you know, I, I don't know, a gift. I I'm, I'm lucky with that. But more than anything, if I, when I get those no's, I still, of course, get down. And there's been some big ones, some ones that were like, oh my gosh, that was like, like so close, like heartbreaking or yes. Mm. And then, oh, they pulled away the, con they pulled away that license. Book. Like things like that, that are just like, oh, crush. Mm. But what I do is like, it's kind of known that, okay, something like that happens. I'm going to work, go work on something for at least the, the next day or mm -hmm. two, like try and put as much time into just creating something new almost always that's I go in and go to writing but sometimes if I'm really mad at writing it's I'm gonna go play guitar for a little while I'm gonna, <laughs> go, I'm gonna go draw something just something to get something out because a lot of times what it is is it's people saying no you can't create like your story can't get out in the world mm -hmm. and it's like well I they can't prevent me from doing this no no yeah. one can stop me from making a painting that is <laughs> no one can stop me from going and writing more. That's my, my, I love that. I love that so much. So what was your big break? Like, what was it that, that first got you, whether it was something you self-published or your first publishing contract, like, what do you think of as the turning point? I, th I think of it as kind of, I think there's kind of two. The first one was a publisher called Oni Press had something called open submissions. Um, they normally did not allow people to submit. It was really just a competition. Mm. And Book I wrote called Unplugged and Unpopular got taken in from that. From that, it was like my first like, okay, a legitimate publisher is, I had published with some small publishers, but it was a little different. And this was like, okay, like a real publisher is saying, yeah, you got it. That 
started opening up doors and making it more a real thing. And then I'm starting to get a little more books. And then I think my next big break was finding my agent, mm -hmm. uh, Maria Vicente. And it, I did that through something called Pitmad that doesn't exist anymore. It's a thing on Twitter that is like you would pitch a log line and then agents would say, if they if they liked your tweet, send us your query. So it was mm. a really easy way to like, you put your log line up and some art from from your story that you're working on. And then they come to you as opposed to you going to them, which is very different than how it normally is with agent hunts. Yeah. And a log line is just the, just for people who don't know, is, is the one sentence description of your book. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the one to two, like really quick a description of the book. So a tweet length of mm -hmm. like, what my book is. And yeah. And once I was paired up with Maria, uh, my, it felt m much more like a career. Mm -hmm. Then I'm, I had like two books, three books going at, a, at once. And then another book on submission. It was very like, mm -hmm. Started roaring, it felt like. So it was mm -hmm. cool. Do you have more than one project in the works at any time? Yes, and it's there's such a long tail on graphic novels. I don't, I don't write them, so I'm able to do more at different times. Sorry, I don't write them. I don't draw them, mm. so I'm able to do at different times. Because if you're drawing it, you know it's 200 pages. That takes a very decent amount of time. So that could take, you know, two years or even more depending on the publisher and what they're able to to pay and how it's able to work out for the artist. Um, mm. Yeah, during that time, I'm writing one book, then looking at edits from another one and pitching another one. It's always like trying to line up the next thing after the next thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your most recent book is Lumberjackula, which we talked about. Yes. But you have, how many other books do you have? Like how many published books do you have right now? So I have... Technically four. My first one, I never really like pushed as much. It was such a learning experience. And yeah. so from my work, it's it's more adult, even though it's not. Um, uh -huh. it, it's aimed at adults, but it really has my middle grade sensibility. So it wasn't really a success. <laughs> um, but, and I have uh, I have two other uh, two other books besides that. So four total, but really yeah. I, I like three. And am I right that Unplugged and Unpopular just got translated into some other language or something? It did, yeah. It got a publisher in Spain called uh, Nueve Nuevo published uh, edition just just earlier this month. It's really exciting. I haven't seen it yet. They said they mailed one to me. I'm I'm excited to get to see it. <laughs> so they translated it, and did they use the same drawings? Is that yep, is that how that all, works? Yeah. So basically, they handed them Oni Press, uh, the publisher, facilitated the deal, and then handed them the files without lettering, and then they go. Oh, okay. So it's exactly the same. So all of the sound effects or anything that Tintin Pintoa drew into it, that is still in English. Oh, cool. And then, but then anything that is, you know, the actual word balloons, they did. But it was so, so cool to see. A really big, like, goal for me is, yeah. is seeing work go wider than I go. Like, I, I haven't been to Spain. So let's <laughs> go to Spain. <laughs> Your book has, has more travel cred than you do. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. I love it. So what is it about drawing these graphic novels? So one of the questions I really like to ask is like, what, where's the joy in this? Because of course there's like all the no's and it's like this long history, but it must be something pretty joyful if you continue to return to it. So what is that joy for you? Oh God, like everything. I, yeah. mean, like, I genuinely, genuinely love it. Like so, mm -hmm. so much of it. I love the creation 
process. I love working with other people and how they can make my ideas so much better. Mm-hmm. Like we work together and then something that I started with becomes something so much better. Um, I certainly feel like that happened with uh, my book, Martian Ghost Centaur. Like, mm-hmm. Is we were meant to collaborate together. It, it, it's a good project. When we work together, it's like definitely her building very much on what I uh, what, what I had initially said there. But um, I think I think what I love the most, if there's the most, it's literally having handing a story to a kid and having them love it, which is a very simple answer. But when it does happen, like mm. you know, a kid comes up and wants to like take a picture with you and says that it's their favorite book, and it, <laughs> it's like like mind blowing to me and such a great feeling that I want to get as much of as possible. That's really cool. (laughs) I bet. And you're doing more and more of that now. You said you're doing school visits. Yeah. I had, I had done school visits for a while now. I really enjoy talking with, with students specifically. I really like talking with middle schoolers about like creating Mm -hmm. and I, I used to do it, do it. And then of course the pandemic pandemic happened and things got weird and I was doing like virtual Mm-hmm. Uh, here and there, but Lumberjackula, that opened up a door in a very different way where it's like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. instead of like, oh, some schools being like, hey, sure, come. It's now like, like I'm booking like week long trips at a time, which is wow. much different than what I've been doing before. So it's exciting. It is exciting. So it actually sounds like Lumberjackula is going really well. It is. Yeah, it's exciting. It, it, the, the response is, is different than the other books. I mean, yeah. I'm not a New York Times bestseller. No way. But it's it's people are people are coming to it. So it's exciting. Yeah, I feel like Lumberjackula 2 is like a real can can we see him actually in his school? I would love it. I don't know yet. I'm still waiting to find out. <laughs> I would love that so much. My son loves Lumberjackula. And so I I would love to see that's that group of characters. It was so sweet and he's so fun and his family's so lovely. And really like as a parent, I thought it was a great book too. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I got a publishing, uh, publishing very soon. Uh, we'd know, which is, uh, can be months in publishing. So you have <laughs> we'll another one that. coming soon. You said, um, I'll, we'll find out if we get to do the second one very soon. Oh, really? But yeah, that's oh, yay! <laughs> okay. So everybody listening has to send out good vibes for Lumberjackula part two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so great. So do you have another book that's coming soon for you out and like that's ready to come out into the world and hit the ground running? Yeah. Um. So in 2023, I have a book called Indoor Kid uh, that's coming out from Oni Press, that same publisher I talked about before. Um, mm-hmm. That's Sidois, uh drawing it. And it is about a kid with sports abilities. Um, he, he has like sports superpowers, basically. Oh. It's a really bad athlete who ends up uh, being given these abilities to stop these jocks from taking over a um, there's a really cool park in town and only the jocks let jocks play there. And so he gets these sports abilities, but um, it's, uh, it's really at its core about how you can love something and don't have to be great at it because he Ah. loves sports, but isn't good at it. And then he realizes at the end, you don't have to be great at sports. You can just enjoy it. Huh? You know, it's so interesting. So many of your books have these, these characters who are the sort of the underdog or the the odd one out and there's a lot of like very accept yourself but also find your tribe I feel like in a lot of your books for sure and that's that's how I always felt I I've become more uh more social as I've gotten older um and got come more into myself but I was 
incredibly awkward when I was younger, just incredibly, uh, just probably perceived socially strange by many, many people. Um, hmm. so I can't imagine I am, that uh, you're so friendly and awesome. Thank you. I was always smiley, but I, I yeah. just beat to my own, own drum. And I feel like as I've gotten older, that's become like, cool. Everyone, everyone likes that about me. Um, right. when I was younger, I was a little off. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And then I see, I mean, so much of my work, I, I have a, a child who's autistic and I see so much of the world through her view and how, how she experiences things. And, you know, she is someone who I spend so, so, so much time with and love so, so much. So, so much of my work really is talking to her. Mm. So. Mm. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I would just assume like if you have children and you're writing, like it's, that's your main audience, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you want her to have these books so that she of can course. see examples of, of people who are the odd ones out or the, you know, they start a little behind the eight ball or, or they are perceived as different by others and they do find their tribe and they do discover their truth and accept themselves. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to know how we can help you. We as a podcast listening community, what can we do? Obviously, we're going to send good vibes up for Lumberjackula part two. But how would you like us to learn more about you, get a hold of your books, like invite you to our elementary schools? What can we do for you, Matt Haggerty? Any of those things. But I mean, libraries, I love yeah. them. Ask them to get Lumberjackula. That's, okay. an, that's an easy thing that costs no money. Yep. And uh, if you read it, tell people you liked it, um, whether that's on social media or in person. And maybe yeah. write a, in a review on Amazon. Is that helpful to you? Sure. Yeah. Reviews anywhere. Amazon, Goodreads, mm -hmm. um, all of that is, is, is incredibly helpful. But I think the biggest thing, yeah, is if you like the book, telling someone about it, that's my, that's my big favorite. Okay. <laughs> tell at least three people yeah, about, about the Tippy Tap Twinkle Toes Academy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, we will do those things. And in the show notes, I'll be sure to put the, the link to all three of your books, which is Lumberjackula hilarious martian ghost centaur which i personally really liked i don't even think alex has read it yet but like i couldn't stop reading i was this is amazing mm -hmm. um and then unplugged and unpopular which i also really enjoyed and now if even if you speak spanish you can get it or soon so we'll uh, put yeah. up the links to all the books and if somebody does want to book you to come to their school and talk to their kids about acceptance which we all badly need who do we reach out to do you have a publicity person we reach out to your agent we reach out to you how do we do it School visits, I'm doing all myself right now. And if you were just to go to myname.com, uh, okay. you'll see there's a school visit section. Okay. has all, all rates, contact, and everything like that. Perfect. Well, I'll put a link to that too as well. That's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are welcome because you know what? I really love the work that you're doing. I think it's needed. I think it's well done. And, you know, Matt was actually, he teaches sometimes if you can find it and he's teaching it, you should take it a graphic novels class because I'm really striving to write a graphic novel right now. And he taught the class and he was so gracious and helpful. He actually helped me rewrite my leg line and appears to be just like the, like this force for good in the world. And so anything we can do. <laughs> to get you on the New York Times bestseller list. We want to <laughs> thank you so much. The world needs as much of you as you can put out there. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you, Amanda. Thank you. You're welcome. So everybody go support Matt and we will 
we'll do all the things. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. That was really lovely. Thank you. Great, great catching up. Thanks for listening today to Unleashing Your Great Work. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And make sure you check out my book, Great Work, Do What Matters Most, without sacrificing everything else. It's available everywhere you get books. See you next time on Unleashing Your Great Work.